Nina, what were your initial thoughts after I shared the news with you that day? I thought, whoa, the look on your face, it was just so disheartening and sad and maybe frustrated a little bit. And I thought, is is this really happening? And then I thought, is this actually happening to you? And you said yes. And I thought, no, this can't be happening right now. Um, it was right before the holidays. And I felt a little bit of like frustration probably too. And then I just remember saying out loud, is this really happening? So I, I've learned as we've been married, it's best not to surprise you with information like when you're getting ready for the day. But um, this was one of those times I felt like, uh, I probably should let you know so uh, we could process this together. Uh, this was a doozy. Because I was getting ready to try to walk out the door in just a few minutes. So I was processing. Surprise. Yep. <laughs> Hey friends, welcome to the Encourage Inspire podcast. My name is Nathan. And I am Nina. In this episode, we will be talking about hearing God's quiet voice when the world is loud and chaotic around us. Our passion is building faithful families. So thank you for walking alongside us as we share stories and talk about the lessons we are learning. So what happened that day, Nathan? Yeah, it was it was the morning of November 30th, and I'd logged on about my normal uh, time to log on, but I noticed that there was a, a scheduled meeting that wasn't there the afternoon before. And so um, I joined the call and noticed that not only myself, but my entire team had been invited to the call. I also noticed that there was an HR representative on the call, and although I don't have a lot of experience with HR uh, representatives being on calls, uh, I knew this was probably not a good sign, not a good thing. Just the reality of what was about to be spoken, like my, my heart knew it. I, I knew what was happening, and uh, I was informed that morning that my entire team, our, our jobs were terminated, and uh, that termination was effective immediately. Similar to what you were thinking, I was like, did, did this just happen? There really weren't any signs or indications prior to that that this would take place. And so in my mind, did, did that really happen? And I'd shared the information with you, and now we're both <laughs> asking, did this really happen? How am I going to provide for my family as, as a husband, as a father? Those are important things for me. Shortly after that, I was like, man, this is really bigger than our family. This has is, impacted a whole team of people. And so some of my thoughts started uh, wondering to, well, what about teammates, uh, former colleagues, and uh, how are they going to deal with this? How are they going to adjust to this as well? So I just finished the call. I got off. I told you, and uh, then we told the kiddos. I had to come back, though, for my errand. <laughs> yeah, you had an appointment with two of our girls. So you were holding that in for how long? A good 20 to 30 minutes. So uh, easy peasy, right? Right. Yeah. Even Nadia came in and, or when we were out, she was like, mom, are you okay? You seem sad. And I was like, yes, I'm sad, but we can't talk about it yet. So we told the kiddos, little man, I don't think he understood a thing. He just didn't skip a beat, kept playing. But our older girls definitely understood that something serious was happening. 
and uh, I think they could read the room and, and read our emotions as well. Do you, do you agree with that? Yeah, I knew that they, I mean, Nadia had already, now Nadia already asked about something. She felt like something was up with me. And I had, I needed to ask a few questions at our appointment regarding the, the job loss in regards to how, how all that played how out. that would play out for yeah. us. Yeah. With all those questions and emotions swirling around, um, I got on the computer. I updated my resume. It had been five years, <laughs> so I was a little behind and updated some professional profiles on the internet to make sure that what I had been doing was accurately represented on, on my resume and, and those social profiles. That was a, that was a crazy day. So, so something though that was interesting to me is, is my flesh, my body, the, the part of me that just was frustrated and hurt. It wanted to shrink in and isolate myself, but, um, my spirit was at peace. And I know we're going to kind of flesh that out a little bit more, but it's that paradox, that paradigm of our body and our spirit, our flesh and our spirit being at odds with each other. And this was definitely one of those times for me where I felt like, my, my human flesh wanted to do one thing, but how God had been working in our lives, um, I definitely felt peace and, and a hopefulness. So yeah, again, the news was surprising to both of us, but after the initial shock, I guess that took a couple hours. I know it took us a couple of days to really get through the shock, but what started going through your mind after that initial shock started wearing, wearing down? Well, after you initially told me, and I'm still trying to get ready, after those first few things of just trying to process that, I thought, can we please share this with our core group? Because I knew we needed prayer on this. And this was a, a big thing that we were having to face. And I just wanted the support of other believers supporting us in prayer through that. Yeah, 100%. Something we've learned and something I know has taken us time is is uh, when life happens, when difficulties happen, we try to share quickly and deeply because the, the prayers of other people in our lives has definitely been an encouragement to us. So we were sharing with people in our lives, just asking for prayer. We reached out to our core group. And uh, for those who don't know, for us, a core group is like a, a um, Sunday school class or a, a life group. But we actually meet with our core group in homes. So we have a, a different level of, of intimacy and, and not as restricted on time. But God had been up to something. We both kind of felt that. What were your thoughts on, on what he had been doing prior to my job being terminated? Back in August, our core group had exploded and grown. And that was really cool. And then all of a sudden, I felt like God was up to something big. I don't. I couldn't figure out what it was. I didn't feel like he like told us what it was exactly, but I just, for months, we felt like God was doing something. You know, that's always a little bit scary because you don't know what it is, but it also is a little exciting as well because it's God working. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's good stuff, but sometimes he does some interesting things to get you on the path he wants you on. So we, we both mutually felt that God was up to something, and I echo what you're saying right now. I didn't, I wasn't sure what it meant, but we started, we were even telling other people, we were telling multiple groups within our life, within our spheres of influence, like, 
God's up to something. God's up to something. Um, something I've noticed in our lives. God's always up to something, right? Yes, definitely. Uh, I, f- I feel the same way. God it was speaking to us. I've been speaking to us for many months leading up to the events on November 30th. We both have had time in our lives that I know that God has clearly communicated something to us. But for me, this was a little bit different. I felt peace. I knew God was with us, but I really wasn't sure what God was asking next of us. I wasn't wasn't hearing a clear command to follow. It was more like God was saying, hey, I'm here. I'm with you. I've got you. I've got good things planned for you. As we've been preparing for this podcast, I was reminded of the story of Elijah. And Elijah goes against 450 prophets of Baal, and he issues a challenge to them. He says, the God who consumes the sacrifice is the true God. And so Elijah lets the prophets of Baal go first, and they cry out, and they ask for Baal to show up, and Elijah pokes and prods at them because nothing's happening. He says, maybe maybe Baal's away, and he can't hear you. You should scream louder. And eventually they give up. Then it's Elijah's turn, and Elijah, he takes the sacrifice that he's put on his altar that he's prepared, and he tells people, put four jars of water upon that altar and do it again, and then do it a third time. And then Elijah calls out to God, and God consumes the sacrifice. And the response of the people is they acknowledge that God was the Lord. And a consequence of that situation is all 450 prophets of Baal were killed. Now, there was a wicked queen who was not excited about what had taken place. Her name was Jezebel. And She started threatening Elijah, and Elijah ran away, and he sought safety in a cave. And while he was trying to hide from Queen Jezebel, God showed up. It's interesting, in 1 Kings, God asked Elijah, what are you doing here? Elijah says, I'm the only one left, and they are trying to kill me. In 1 Kings 19, 11 through 13, we're going to listen in just a little bit more on the conversation between God and Elijah. Hey, babe, would you, would you mind reading those scriptures? Sure thing. This is starting in verse 11. And he said, Go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, What are you doing here? So God tells Elijah to go out to the the entrance of the cave. And and there's these encounters, these supernatural encounters. And God shows up in the still quiet voice. And in this translation, it says in a low whisper. And then a second time, God asked Elijah, what are you doing here? And Elijah replied almost exactly the same way he did before. He was basically saying, God, I did what you asked me to do, but I'm the only one left and they're trying to kill me. It really feels like Elijah thinks he's all on his own. Do you ever feel alone, Nina? Do you ever feel like like you're doing what God asked you to do like Elijah did, but things just don't seem to be going the way you expected? 
In a household of eight people, I don't often feel alone. But spiritually speaking, I don't know if I actually feel alone or if it's my relationship and how I feel about where God is at. When you say that, are you talking like his actual presence or how you're interpreting or sensing his presence? How I'm interpreting it because... You know, God says that he is always with us, that he never leaves us or forsakes us. And so even Jesus in the Great Commission said, I am with you always to the end of the age. So I don't think that he is ever the one that is distant from me. But I sometimes I I feel distant depending on what's going on in my life and how I'm Mm -hmm. seeking him or not. Sometimes I feel like I am doing what God has asked me to do but it's not the path that I necessarily wanted to be on. Hmm. However, I know that from his word that he always directs our paths and he makes them good and straight. And so whatever he wants us to do, I know it's the it's it's going to be good, but sometimes it's not what our heart wanted or how we thought maybe that the situation would turn out, that maybe our path or our ideas on what the future holds looks different, but he always guides us to good things. And that's really interesting to me because uh, in the same way you, you talked about, maybe maybe the way God's directing us is not the way we would have anticipated. You know, Elijah goes through this, this big battle, epic battle, and then he knows God is with him, and then he starts running in fear. He tries to hide. But something that, that God did for Elijah right after that encounter where he asked him the second time, what are you doing, Elijah? God gave Elijah a mission, and he reminded him of his purpose. In uh, 1 Kings 19.18, this is what is, is spoken about uh, the people that are still with Elijah. And this, these are the words of the Lord. Yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. God never leaves us, and in reality there are other people in our lives or believers, other followers of Jesus that, that are with us as well. Mm, definitely. When, when we do core group, we, we ask six questions. And, and one of the questions that we ask is, why is this scripture relevant for our lives today? We know that God was moving in our lives before we heard the news of, of losing my job. And he had actually been speaking to us for months and not in the audible sense, but we just felt like he was impressing something on our hearts. In this situation, praise God, we felt his peace. Sometimes I'm asking, what am I doing? And more than I care to admit, I ask that type of question from a a self-centered, me-first type of attitude. If we change the perspective of that same question from God asking it and not us asking it, I think we have an opportunity to have a better perspective of the question and thinking of a God-first mindset instead of a me-first mindset. So for me, these scriptures are relevant because God has not called me to a self-centered life. I'm not supposed to be going around saying, what am I doing? Like, why is this happening to me? But instead, I need to be thinking about what God is asking of me. From these scriptures, is, is there anything that stands out to you? Anything interesting from these verses? One of the first things that the Lord does is ask Elijah to stand before him. And I thought that was just really interesting And then he shows his power in the wind, the earthquake, and the fire. And yet he was not in any of those actual events or catastrophes. 
but then he shows up and he's using this still small voice or this low whisper that we've talked about. He just wants us to stand before him and, and be present. So Nina, we've we've been hearing questions asked. I know we've asked questions. What were some of the questions you were asking as we were experiencing the situation, the, the loss of a job? You know, after the initial just shock, your mind, and I think this is a human thing to do, but is ask why. Why is this happening? Why is it happening right now? But then we talked about this peace that God had given us. And I had a tremendous peace that day as well, that God was going to do something. He had been working in our lives, like you had said before, for months before that point. In August, I felt like was when he was really like starting to impress on us like he was going to do something and that can be very exciting and challenging at the same time nerve-wracking almost (laughs) yeah my my next question was this is something major happening in our life that we didn't see coming is this what is this what you were up to Hmm. asking that question but then my next question was if this is real this is what's happening but what is the direction you want us to go in you know we want to obey him in whatever direction he wanted us to be in. How were you seeking the Lord so that you could hear his still quiet voice? Well, this is very interesting. On the morning that Nathan lost his job, God had woke me up early that morning and I could not go back to sleep. At first I didn't realize, you know, that it was God waking me up. You know, I just got up early and I couldn't go back to sleep. So I I got up and spent some just time with him. The house was very quiet. I just had a sweet, sweet morning, extra time with him um, before the events of that day started to unfold. I started actually thanking him for giving me that time with him before the news came in. I feel like when we meet with him, he, he can speak to us through his word. And as we talk to him in prayer, he can lay things on our heart. What about you, Nathan? I agree with what you're saying. I I believe that time speaking to God through prayer, knowing who God is um, through his word are are both important. Something in addition to that for me is, is being with his people. We encountered the body of Christ in a very unique way during this time with social media and the internet and the prayer chains that we had going on, news traveled fast and people started showing up physically. (laughs) Several families and couples and friends showed up physically, but then um, the thoughts and the prayers and the text messages and financial gifts and um, early Christmas gifts, uh, the body of Christ showed up in, in a way where, God was telling us and and reinforcing for us that we're going to be okay. He's got us, but he's also using his people to be a part of that ministry in our life. And so I think of, you know, Elijah, where God's like, I'm I'm here for you, man. I got you. And guess what? You also have 7,000 who have never bowed their knee to Baal. We have people in our life that, that are committed to seeking the Lord and loving each other as they speak to us, sometimes God is speaking through them. And that's that's one of the ways that, that I feel like I hear his voice as well. Mm, yes. We had a friend that had texted us that morning. And she said, I'm so excited 
about what God is doing. And she knew that God had put something on our heart, but the Spirit was also telling her that there's this excitement coming for us, I think. And it was supposed to be an encouragement to us, and it was. Yeah. I, I we, We've had moments kind of similar to that where we feel like we're supposed to say something, and you don't have the full context. But if, if the Lord is leading you to say something to another believer, um, to anyone actually, if, if you know it's being spirit-led, we, we highly encourage that you you step out on faith and, and speak what God is asking you to, to say. Nina, as we wrap up this podcast, do you have any encouragement or advice for individuals or families who are trying to listen for God's still quiet voice in a chaotic world? We do live in a chaotic world. However, God is not a God of chaos. He is a God of peace. He is faithful and his love endures forever. I think about in Hebrews, as we try to seek the Lord, it says that Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. And so as we are seeking Jesus, we can run this race with endurance because he is the one that's helping us and pushing us through. However, it's not just us seeking the Lord. It's also gathering around other people and letting and running the race with them as well. They're the ones that also encourage us to press on through struggles and also through the good times and the blessings. We get to share both of those things with, with the body of Christ. And that's one thing I would definitely encourage people to do is get involved in a in a core group and do life with each other. You get to dig in deep, and that's been something very encouraging in our walk as we've met with believers and been able to really link arms together and do this walk well. So, Nina, we've come to the end of our first podcast. Yay! Kind of exciting, very exciting. And um, I'm glad I get to do this with you and add this to a part of our journey and a part of our life. We are very grateful for everyone who's listening right now. Thank you for listening to the Encourage, Inspire podcast. It does mean uh, so much to us, and we are very grateful that you would be a part of our lives in this way. If you don't mind, please subscribe to whatever podcast software you listen to, and feel free to leave a comment. We are passionate about building faithful families, and that means our family, and we hope it um, has an impact on yours as well. Yes, indeed. We look forward to talking to you next time. Definitely. Have a great day.